Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Three main, uh, obviously thinking in your mind is kind of a, a big topic. It's a very broad topic, so I want to kind of uh, hone it down a little bit. We're going to look at kind of three major areas today. Um, that being number one, this is probably the most important thing. And if, if you remember anything from this morning, I, I want you to remember this. And it is not, not all of your thoughts are your thoughts. Not all of your thoughts are your thoughts. So be careful not to take ownership of everything that kind of flashes in your mind because not all of your thoughts are your thoughts. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Number two is that my thoughts control my life, but I can control my thoughts with God's help. Obviously, sometimes it feels like we're out of control, what we think about or what, it, you know, what overwhelms our minds, but <clears throat> we'll talk about that. But my thoughts control my life, but I can control my thoughts. And thirdly, we become what we allow ourselves to think about. We become what we allow ourselves to think about. And just to kind of give you a little bit of heads up so you're kind of aware, you can be praying about this during the message, but at the very end, after we're done with the message, I'm going to uh, offer to pray and uh, allow people who want to come forward for prayer. Uh, There's just something about, you know, there's most things in life, you know, we want somebody else to do everything for us, but most things in life, especially with our walk with God, they come through prayer, reading the word, Uh, doing God's will, you know, being in church, those are all important things, but there are certain times where we need somebody to minister to us. You know, God makes us, he wants us to be dependent on him, but he puts us in a body of believers. He wants us to be dependent, to be in in relation with other people. And so we're going to offer to do that. And you know, it's interesting, if you look at the life of Jesus, uh, right after the, uh, the 40 days in the wilderness, if you read that, when that was over, and obviously a, a very, a, an incredible time um, where he wrestled with the enemy, but uh, at the very end it said that angels came and ministered to him. Here's Jesus, God in the flesh, the Son of God, and angels came and ministered to him. And then at the very end of his ministry, again, talks about him being in the Garden of Gethsemane, obviously facing the cross, and what an incredible act of love that he did for He took all of our sins on him and just that incredible day, uh, incredible day of victory, really. It looked like a defeat. But it says in the Garden of Gethsemane, again, angels came and ministered to him. So we all need ministry. And there's something about a, a, someone standing with us in prayer, someone, you know, even the power of touch. Uh, Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs will follow those that believe they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, it talks about, it says just before and she was in the crowd and she says she thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of this garment, I'll be healed. And she did. But just the power of that thought and the power of touch. And I know in my own life there's been a, I can think right offhand of a couple times where God dramatically changed my life through the prayer and agreement of another person. So that'll be offered at the end, just so you can think about that. Well, let's look at those three points. So we're going to do them in kind of reverse order. We'll take the last one first. And in that we become what we think about, that's obviously Bible, that's obviously Scripture. 
Um, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, the, the iconic verse for that. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What you and I allow ourselves to think about have a profound influence. And my life and your life is always moving in the direction of whatever the dominant thoughts are in our mind. And our thoughts are important, thoughts are powerful, because after time, eventually those thoughts will affect my speech, my words, what I talk about. Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 12. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever is of abundance in my life, sooner or later, you know, you hang around other people, and after a while, you kind of get the gist, what's important to them, because they'll begin to talk about things, what's important to them. And we all do that, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then after that, you know, we, things we think about affect our speech. And then eventually, things we talk about affect our actions. Proverbs 14, 15 says, Fools will believe anything, but the wise think about what they do. So what I think about affects my speech, my words, and it eventually affects my actions, what I do in life. Secondly, my thoughts control my life, but I can control my thoughts, again, with God's help. Uh, there are some things that just become overwhelming to us as people, but with God's help, we can overcome those things. So my thoughts control my life, but I can control my thoughts. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. That's from the New Century Version. Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. And many of us in here today, we are still in a way being kind of controlled by things that were said to us or said about us, things that happened in our lives. You know, whether it was our parents or it could have been a teacher or a neighbor kid or whatever, but we're still today, years later, affected by what other people have said to us. They affect our thought life. And all of us in this room you know, we've all had failed relationships. Some of us maybe have failed in business. Some of us have had some financial failures. Some of us have had moral failures. Relation, you know, all these different areas, we've had failures, and if we're not careful, those will control our lives. So we have to be very careful of what we allow ourselves to think about. I just read a, a recent uh, article. Neuroscience is kind of a uh, an area that's being is just growing very rapidly. Of course, there's knowledge of all kinds of stuff that's growing, but they've become much more attuned to kind of understanding the brain and how we think. And it used to be taught, and I used to say myself because I read those articles that we have about 40 to 80,000 thoughts a day, which always seemed a little excessive. <clears throat> they've become much better at tracing, you know, thoughts and synapses and axons, and they can actually tell much better. And they say now that the average is about 6,200 thoughts a day we have. You and I as human beings, we have on average, again, you guys are caught, you look like an above average crowd, so I know you probably think more than that, but about 6,200 thoughts a day. And if, if you think about it, we're always thinking, right? You ever try and just sit down and be quiet and just empty your mind and what? There's just bing, 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 there's just thoughts, you know? So if you ever ask somebody, if you ever ask your spouse, you know, hey, what, what are you thinking about? And they go, oh, nothing. Oh, they're lying. Because we're always thinking about something, right? It's just part, that's just the way we're wired. 
And interesting in that study, I found this fascinating, they said about 80% of those thoughts are negative. 80% of those thoughts are negative. And, you know, as most people today, when we wake up in the morning, what do you think? Oh, I don't want to get out of bed. Oh, it's cold outside. Oh, I don't want to go to work. I've got to have this meeting. Oh, I mean, that's just... That's who we are, but notice how many negative things, you know? Not too many of us wake up singing a song and jump out of bed, maybe watch, you know, a musical on TV, but we don't, we usually think about all the stuff we've got to do. And they also showed that over 90%, so over 80% of our thoughts are negative, over 90% are repetitive. We think the same things over and over again. Now, sometimes just because of necessity, you know, you get up, you got to take a shower, you got to drive to work. I mean, those are normal, but we tend to think the same things over and over and over again. Uh, I recently just uh, finished reading a book called The Shallows. The Shallows is a secular book, but it's all about how the effect of the internet, uh, social media, those type of things have made us so shallow as people. We don't research things. We don't meditate on things. We don't take time to read books anymore. Book reading has gone way down. And so that's all because we're fed that quick hit from the internet, quick hit from social media. We dart from, from topic to topic and we're reading something and there's a little link that flashes or there's a scroll at the bottom or there's a, a little video playing. So it kind of conditions us not to be able to focus and to be able to think correctly. And there was three things that I wrote down from that book that I think applied to what we're talking about today. And this is three, three of the findings from that, art, from that book. Well, number one, they said, our thoughts exert a physical reaction in the brain, demonstrating that we become neurologically what we think. I said, well, that's Bible. We become what we think, right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Number two is that our thinking is not totally determined by our genes or, nor by our childhood experiences. In the old debate, why we are the way we are, nature versus nurture, what are you born with, you're born with certain personality. I still remember vividly the days our, our kids were born, every single one of them had a different birth. Every single one of them reacted differently to being born. I mean, I just, I just marveled when I saw how they reacted differently. I won't go into some details, but there was a, a vast difference in all three of them. So our thinking is not totally determined by genes or by our childhood experiences, that we can actually change our thinking by how we live. We can change our thinking by how we live. And then thirdly, they said that our brains are massively neuroplastic, and that's kind of a fancy word to mean that they're changeable. We can change our thought patterns. It takes work, and as you get older, they said, in the studies, as people get older, it's harder to change, but it's possible. We can change the way we think. So that gives us all hope. He's not done yet, right? We just, ran, we just sang the song. He's not done yet. We can change. So if th my thoughts control my life and I can control my thoughts, how do I do that? Number one, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we need to renew, you and I need to renew our mind with the Word of God. All of us have a background. We were raised by certain parents. We all come from a certain neighborhood, a culture whether it was our family or the school we went to, we all, have, we all kind of have these conditions that we were raised with. And some of them are good, right? But some of them are not. Some of them don't line with the Word of God. So 
Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this age, to this culture. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, God already told us that we can change our mind. We can reprogram our mind. But I have to begin to adopt God's purposes and God's principles from his word. That's why it's so important that on a regular basis, I'm availing myself to the word of God, whether I'm reading it or listening to it, I've got to be in the word of God. So we need to renew our mind. Number two, we need to submit our thoughts to God. Submit our thoughts to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses four and five says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not natural, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And that word stronghold there means a human confidence, what we put our confidence in. You know, we all have these things that we think, right? We've been, I remember years ago, I was sitting with a couple, um, we were doing pre-marriage counseling, and she was concerned about some of his thoughts about women and in the church. And so I said, well, let's just kind of go through some scriptures. So I started bringing out some scriptures about women's roles, and, and uh, I read two or three, and found, he said, that's not what I was taught. I said, no, 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 I understand that. I appreciate that. But can we just, here, here's what the script, he goes, that's not what I was taught. And I was like, wow. But the Bible says, right, that's not what I was taught. You know, I wanted to say some things, but I was, I was polite about it. But we get stuck, right? We can get stuck. So we don't want to put it in, in our, these strongholds in our human confidence. Verse five, casting down arguments or reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I have to begin to practice taking what I'm thinking about and submitting it to God. God, is this okay? Is this a God thought? Is this line up with the word of God? Is this, is this the way I should be thinking, right? Is this the way I should be looking at this situation? I need to practice that. You need to practice submitting our thoughts to God. So renew our mind with the word of God, begin to practice submitting our thoughts to God. And number three, we need to receive the mind of Christ. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind, in other words, I need to give permission, right? God doesn't force himself upon us. Nobody can force us to do anything. Uh, those of you that are older probably remember the name David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, a, a serial killer, uh, in New York City back in the uh, 70s, 80s, somewhere around there. He went to prison, long, whole long story, he got saved. But in an interview, he said one time, he goes, yeah, I, there, there was, I, I was demonically inspired. And he said, but, but no demon forced me to do anything. I willingly submitted to that voice. So we need to purposely submit our mind and our thinking to God. Let this mind be in you which was, in, was also in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus humbled himself to the Father's will. He came to be a servant. We need to take on that same attitude that we're here to serve and minister. Thirdly, uh, and I think this is the most important, hopefully this will resonate with you today and that you'll take it with you, that not all of your thoughts are your thoughts. Be careful not to take ownership of every thought that comes into your mind because... They're not all your thoughts. What do I mean by that? I think there's four major sources of our thought life. I mean, there can be other ones, but here they are. Number one is obviously we have our own thoughts. 
Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So we have the capacity, the ability to think. When you look in Genesis chapter 1, I think it's verse 26, it talks about how we're created in the image of God. It means we can think, we can reason, we can love, uh, we're relational. It's not a physical description of God having arms and legs. You know, Jesus does now. Kind of amazing to think for all eternity he's going to have a body like us. But God's a spirit. And God gives us the ability to, to think, to reason. And so we have our own thoughts. God gives us that ability. He gives us the power of choice, right? I can choose to do whatever I want with my life here and now, right? But later on, it's like the old saying, you have freedom of choice, but you do not have freedom of consequences. I can choose to do whatever I want, but once I make those choices, then the consequences are out of my control. But we have our own thoughts. Number two, God gives us thoughts. We can hear from God. We should hear from God. We should expect to hear from God. And God primarily communicates with us through our spirit being. We are spiritual beings. We have a soul, and we live in a human body, right? Through the, through the spirits where we get revelation from God. It's where we have communion with the Holy Spirit through our spirit. It's how we communicate with God. <clears throat> he ministers to our spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Wow, great promise. 10. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. God reveals things to us from his Spirit to our Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Jesus actually told us in John chapter 10, I think verse 27, thereabouts, he said, my sheep hear my voice. We should expect to hear the voice of God. We don't always recognize when God speaks to us. A lot of times we'll get a good thought, you know, God will tell us to do to call someone or go talk to someone or do something for someone or to give a certain amount of money to a missionary or whatever. And a lot of times we kind of go, wow, I'm such a good little Christian. I... God gave me that thought. That's a God thought. It's not my thought. It's God thought. So we have our own thoughts. God gives us thoughts. Three other people's thoughts. Many of us in this room today, we're still walking around living but we're controlled by the thoughts, by the comments that other people, things have been said to us or things have been said about us, and we still harbor those thoughts. And a lot of times those thoughts kind of rule our life or control our life. And then fourthly, this is something we need to be more aware of, is that Satan plants thoughts in our mind. The enemy plants thoughts in our mind. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus, there's a discourse where Jesus is talking to the disciples, constantly teaching, constantly training, constantly modeling the life before them. In verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What are people saying, right? He's asking, What are, what are, what are you hearing? What are, what's, what's in your mind, right? So they said, because they've got these thoughts in their mind, they've been hearing people say these things. And they struggled. You know, the disciples struggled to the very end. Who is this Jesus really? I mean, sometimes they make great proclamations. Well, he's, man, he controls the weather. He's, he's God. 
And then other times they go, well, what's going on here? Who, who is he? How come it isn't going like we thought it was going to go? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? And all of us have to make that choice, right? We all have to decide, who is Jesus to you? Is he a religious figure, a historical figure? Yeah, he's, he was the son of God, but is he your Lord? Is he your savior? Does my life belong to him, or is he just there to kind of bless my plans? I love it in Isaiah where God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he said, my plans are higher than your plans. I began to pray recently, Lord, I, I want your ways. I want your thoughts. I don't want to be limited the way I think, the way I see things. I want to see things through your eyes. I want your ways because they're better than my ways. And here we go, Simon Peter, as expected. Simon Peter, he... He's out there. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. My Father revealed that to you. My Father gave you that thought. We have our own thoughts, right? We can think, we can reason. We carry the thoughts of other people. Other people have said things to us that are still kind of controlling us, maybe even harming us today. And we can also have the thoughts of God, but it doesn't end there, unfortunately, because a few verses later, look how fast, watch how fast Peter flips, and it just kind of reminds us how we can be sometimes. Verse 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, isn't this the same Peter that just said, you're the son of God, you're God in the flesh, you're, you're and he's going to, I'm going to rebuke God? I'm going to rebuke God? Look how fast we can flip began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Right? Where did that thought come from? Where did Peter get that thought? He went from a God thought to a demonic thought. And you know, we can do the same thing. We're human, right? We're fallible. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You know, the enemy has been observing and watching human nature for over 6,000 years, and he's a master. You've got to hand it to him. You've got to give him credit. I mean, he, he uses all kinds of crazy strategies that work. He'll plant uh, a negative thought, uh, an evil thought, uh, maybe even a moral thought, on a Sunday morning? <gasps> yeah, he, he does that to people. And then you don't feel like going to church thinking, how can I? Anyways, he'll plant those thoughts in our minds. And then a little while later, he'll come back and go, wow, look at you. What are you thinking about? Wow. You call yourself a Christian and you're thinking those kind of thoughts about other people and all that criticism. He's a master strategist. I mean, he'll plant the thought and then come back later and accuse us of having that thought and the worst thing is, I believe him. 
I go, yeah, look at me, look at me. Thinking that, you know, it's like, oh, I, I got to get up and preach or I got to go teach a class or, you know, how can I pray for somebody? Because the enemy, not all of your thoughts are your thoughts. Be very careful to monitor and to recognize where your thoughts are coming from. Any change that you and I want to make in our lives starts in the mind first, right? It all starts with a thought. You know, if you ask someone who's a uh, shoplifter or a pickpocket, do they just all of a sudden look and go, oh, look at my hands, taking stuff and put it in my pockets. No, it started up here. I think I can get away with this. I don't think anybody's looking, right? I don't think they'll notice if I grab their purse or their wallet or whatever. It always starts with a thought. So if I want to change things in my life, if I'm not happy the direction I'm headed in, I need to change the way I think. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, 23 says, throw off, do something, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Because you know what we think about over a period of time eventually becomes a focus in our mind. We think about something over and over again, we begin to focus on that thing. And just like, you know, if you focus light, it can become a laser. There's power when we're focused, right? So I think about something, it becomes a focus, and after a while, that focus will become a strength or can become a stronghold in my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we'll revisit that, but we'll back up to verse 3. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and help us or else we'll develop these strongholds in our thinking and in our mind. But you know, that same principle that can work in the negative can work in the positive. If we're focused on God, if we're renewing our minds with the Word of God, if we're allowing God the right to begin to inspect and be able to submit our thoughts to God. Look what Psalm 18, the psalmist writes in Psalm 18, verse 2. And notice in this, in this verse, there are eight different my's in this verse. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my strong hold. If I focus on God and his word, that can become a stronghold in my mind, in my thinking. In Proverbs 18, verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. That's where we need to focus our mind on, God's word and what he says, what he says about us. I need to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to inspect these thoughts determine are they coming from God or are they coming from the adversary and some of you here today you've been battling with things you know most times 
by spending time in the Word, by spending time in prayer, spending time in God's presence, you know, being in church, God does a work in our lives continuously as we open up ourselves to Him. But there comes a point in time where we need someone else to pray with us and for us. And so I want to give opportunity today for two things, really. Uh, obviously, the, the, the battleground is in our mind, in our thinking, how we perceive ourselves and other people. But the number one thing is to be in relationship with God. And that only comes by confessing our sins to God, acknowledging that we need forgiven, that uh, we need a Savior. And uh, by confessing our sins and putting our trust in Jesus and trusting Him every day, not a, one, not a one-time prayer, so if you've never done that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come forward if you'd like prayer, if you'd like to come to know the Lord. And then secondly, today, if you're battling, if there's something in your mind, if there's an area that you just can't seem to get over the hump, you just keep reverting back to that. You know, people will say something to you and you react to that. You ever notice that, how you, sometimes you say something innocently to someone and they just kind of flare up? Because there's a, there's, a, there's a sore spot on the inside and we react to that. There's a stronghold in our thinking. doesn't mean I'm a bad person or even a weak person. We're humans, but sometimes we need help. And if you have the Holy Spirit maybe been pointing to an area in your life, I'd love to pray with you for that. So would you stand with me as we prepare to close in prayer? And uh, I'd like you to invite, it's not, not going to be a long prayer. I'm not even going to ask you if you want to mention, I'm not going to ask you what, what's the thing in your mind or what are we battling with here. I just want to agree with you that you'll be able to enjoy the liberty that Jesus has purchased for us, and you can get over that thing that's always been a limitation. It constantly puts a limit on your life because you go so far, and then you begin to think, nah, I can't, I can't do that, or I tried that before. And uh, sometimes we just need that help. We just need someone to stand with us in prayer. So if you'd like to come forward, if you want to accept the Lord, or two, you got an area in your life, and you want someone to pray with you and to see victory come in that area to get over that stronghold i'd like to present that and allow that just come forward and we'll just uh, we'll do a prayer and uh, let god do his work let the holy spirit do his work thank you lord thank you for listening to today's message the gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you believe in the god who is bigger than you and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.